Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. To learn more about the church, feel free to drop by fredericksdachurch.org. Believing that God can do for you what He's done for others in the past is one step to finding peace through life storms. Pastor Quintana shares this through biblical examples in part three of a four-part series, Peace in the Storm. You turn in your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 31. It's the fifth book of the Bible. It's the last book of what they call the Pentateuch or the books of Moses. You have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Without showing your hands, how many of you here today are seeking peace? How many? (laughs) All right, the hands are going up either way. Anyways, how many of you are seeking peace? How many of you want to know that you're going to have peace in the storms ahead? Because as we know through scripture, things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. And I know, um, because I know I experience feelings like this myself, that even when you look um, at the horizon, when you look ahead, when when you start to think of perhaps future events, it's easy to get scared. It's easy to to start having fearful thoughts and it's easy to start losing sleep or, you know, that unrest begins. And how many of us seek to have that peace that surpasses all understanding? How many of us seek to have peace from our financial situations? How many of us seek to have peace in our homes, in our families, in our marriages? How many of us seek to have peace At work, perhaps with the calling that God has placed on our lives. How many of us seek to have peace with the purpose that we have in life? How many of us seek peace? We're in the middle of a sermon series entitled Peace in the Storm. Because as I surveyed the world that we're living in, as I surveyed the culture, as I surveyed the political realm, as I surveyed um, the financial Um, situation, I realized that this community, that people, we need to know how we can experience peace, how we can have peace in the storm, how we can have peace with the storms that are coming. How can we experience peace? And the first part of this sermon series, you will remember, was surrendering. It was on surrender. And I talked about how in order for us to experience peace above anything else, the first thing we must do is that we must surrender our lives to God. Not a situation, not just one problem, not just going before God with one thing and surrender that one thing, but no, we must surrender our lives if we are to experience peace. Because when we surrender our lives, when we give it all up to God and say, God, here I am, I'm all yours, we experience that peace that surpasses all understanding because we now begin to realize that our hands, that our lives are in his hands. 
And I know that for some of you, you might not understand what that means. You might not understand where it will go or how it's going to look like. But I'm telling you from personal experience that if you surrender your life to him, however you know how, whether that's in a, a quiet room, whether that's seeking out a pastor, whether that's seeking out someone who you admire spiritually in your life and saying, I want to surrender my life to you. However it is, if you surrender your life to God, you will begin to experience peace. And we talked about how that surrender doesn't just take place once. It's not something that happens 20 years ago. It's not something that happens when I was 13 and I was baptized. No, that surrendering takes place every day. That surrendering takes place moment by moment as you surrender your life constantly over to him because the temptation that we have that started at the garden was to run away from God. The temptation is to to leave his side and do things according to our own will. So we need to surrender daily, day by day, step by step, decision after decision. We need to surrender our lives to him. The second part of this sermon series was on obedience. How obeying God brings peace into our lives. And it may, for some of you, may not seem that way. But that is the connection between part one and part two. That only in the context of a surrendered life to him will obedience bring peace. In other words, if you are not in that relationship with God, if you're not in that relationship with Christ Jesus, then when you obey, you are obeying for the wrong reasons. And so that obedience only becomes a burden. Or you get tired Or you get resentful because why am I doing this? Why am I serving the church? Why am I returning tithe? Why am I obeying God? And if you are not in that constant surrender mode with him, obedience will have the opposite effect. But when you have surrendered your life over to him and in that context, you are obeying him, you will experience peace. Why? Because you are now living according to his will for your life. And God wants nothing more for your life than for you to be successful. Than for you to live a joyous life. Than for you to be happy. Than for you to experience peace under any circumstance. Well today we're going to look at yet another way. That we, can, that we can live our lives, things that we can do, things that we can think about, things that we can accomplish that can bring peace into our lives. I'd like for you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Hope you're there. And the, the top of the, my heading says, Joshua, the new leader of Israel. Let me just kind of bring you up to speed real quick. Here we have Joshua about to take over the reins from Moses. Now, can you imagine being in that position where now you are taking over one of the most powerful, one of the most challenging leadership position known to man at that time? You are taking over. You are filling in some pretty big shoes. You are filling in the shoes of Moses. Now think about this for just one second. Think about the pressure. Just think about the thoughts that he might have had going into this new role. 
Perhaps he had roles like Moses did when he was called by God. Well, I can't do this. I, I don't know that I have the talent or the skill. I'm, I'm incompetent or I don't have what it takes. And you know, sometimes in life, we see the storms approaching far off. Sometimes we see these storms developing on the horizon. We're served papers. We're given a ticket. We're not making our mortgage payment. And so we know that bankruptcy or foreclosure is on the horizon. Perhaps we see uh, our kids heading down a bad, a bad road. And, and we can identify these storms that are headed our way. Perhaps your marriage, your financial situation, perhaps your work. Maybe you've been fired. Maybe you've been laid off. And you see these storms and, and you say to yourself, uh-oh, I need to brace myself because there is a storm coming. And sometimes even at the thought of that storm approaching, we get scared. We lose sleep at night. We get restless. We think to ourselves, there's no way that I can. And even before we're in the storm, we're already living outside of that peace that we seek. And I want you to hear what Moses says to Joshua. I want you to hear what God says to Joshua through Moses. In verse 7 of chapter 31, he says, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. Verse 8, listen closely. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. He looks Joshua straight in the eye and he says, Joshua, I need you to remember something. I need you to remember that God is the one who will go before you. I need you to remember. I need you to be strong. I need you not to fear. Don't be dismayed because I need you to remember that we serve an awesome God. And this God will never leave you, will never forsake you. I need you to remember this God. Remember what God has done. Remember who God says he is. I need you, Joshua, to remember the task ahead is tough. The task ahead of us seems like it is unclimbable. The mountain is too big. But Joshua, I need you to remember that God will never leave you nor forsake you. We serve an awesome God. We serve a mighty God. And this God goes before you. And this God will give you the strength, the wisdom. He will give you the intellect. He will give you the resources that you need to face this storm that's coming. He will give you what you need to make it through this storm. Today's message is on remembrance. Today's message is on remembering God. Remembering what God has done and remembering who God is. And here Moses gives Joshua this tidbit. He says to to Joshua, listen, I know it, it, it seems like an undoable task. Certainly, sometimes I know we feel that way. 
I mean, we feel, you know, some of us, we're diagnosed with something. Diagnosed with cancer. I think of our friend, Edie, diagnosed with cancer. What a storm. What a storm that's raging in that family. And I would say to her, Edie, please remember. Remember Jesus. Remember God. Remember how God has led in your life. Remember how God will lead. Remember how God, remember who God is. And you know, when I meet with Edie, I sense that peace in her. I sense that peace in her because she, she, says, she says to me, you know, I just see God working. I see how God has led in my life in the past. And I can't just forget that. No, I, I remember who God is and, and what he says he is in scripture. And so I look in her eyes and I see peace in her life. Folks, some of us are facing some big storms. Financially, some of us are facing some big storms. The storms are, are, are forming in the horizon. We're not happy with where things are going, where our work is taking us. We're unhappy where, where some of our children, we see the storms forming. And what I would say is remember, remember that we serve an awesome God. Remember that we serve a God who has led us to this point. Remember that we have served a God to, that has led us already through so much. If you are here today, you are here today because God has moved powerfully in your life's history. In your family, he has led. You have gone through situations that if we were to take time to individually hear your story, we would be astonished of the things that God has done in your life or the things that God has perhaps freed you from, the addictions that he has, that he has freed you from. We will see how God has saved you time and time again. So facing these storms ahead of us, we need to be able to remember what God has done in our own lives. We need to remember what God has said he will do and who he is and what he has done. Because in doing so, we will find peace. We will find peace in the storm or in the storm that's approaching. You look at the children of Israel and it just amazes me that after their experience of, of leaving Egypt, through the 10 plagues, right? I mean, here, not only are they seeing, but they're hearing, they're smelling what's going on. They're seeing God miraculously working on their behalf for their freedom. And plague after plague, miracle after miracle. They're witnessing all of this. And just a short time after that, here they're faced, they're between the sea and, and Pharaoh's army. And what do they do? They cry out, God, I, Moses, why have you done this? I can't believe you've brought us out this far to die. Remember, remember what God has just done on your behalf. How, why forget so quickly? But we're often guilty of the same thing. God works in our lives. He moves in our lives. He shows himself strong in our own lives. And a week or two will go by and we're facing a category one storm, category two storm. We're facing something simple and we begin to doubt. We begin to, to lose sleep instead of remembering 
what God has already done in our lives, what God, who God is. The difference between the children of Israel and Daniel. Remember Daniel faced with certain death? You get the impression that he never lost any sleep over it. He was all right. He was okay. All right. God has led in my life up until now. I've seen God do some pretty incredible stuff. God has revealed himself to me personally. I have seen God. I have no reason to to lose my peace or to lose rest. God's in control. And you see Daniel headed to the lion's den. Certain death. At peace. Whatever happens, happens. I know God to be a God who's a strong God. I know a God to be a God who is in control. I have nothing to fear. I can live in peace. I'd like for you to turn just a few pages to, what, to probably Joshua's first big storm, his first task. I'd like for you to turn to Joshua chapter 4. It's the very next book, Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4, verse 20. Joshua chapter 4, verse 20 says this. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Now, what 12 stones are we talking about? If you read earlier in the chapter, you will realize that these 12 stones came from the bed of the Jordan. Here they were faced with a storm. Here, like Moses, having to cross the Red Sea with the children of Israel. Now Joshua is faced having to cross the Jordan, right? And, and I just cannot help but to think that when Joshua was faced with that task, when he was faced with that, what would seem as an impossible task, I can't help but to think that he remembered, wait a second, God's done this before. God crossed with Moses and the people through the Red Sea. This isn't impossible for God. God can do this. And I'm sure that that brought peace in his life. But these 12 stones, when God had dried up the bed of the Jordan for the Israelites to go through, God commanded Joshua to send 12 men, one from each tribe to the bed of the Jordan to collect each a stone. And they were to bring these stones out of the bed of the Jordan, out of the dry bed of the Jordan, and bring them back up to shore. So these are the 12 stones that we're talking about here. One man from each tribe went down, collected a stone, and brought it back up to the shore. And it says here in verse 21, Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, saying, what are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry ground, on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Or in some versions might read, all your days. Here Joshua was instructed 
to bring these stones out of the bed of the Jordan and to set up a monument. And that monument was to stand as a memorial of what God had done for Israel and through Israel so that for generations to come, if anyone was ever to doubt, if anyone was ever to ask, hey, what are those stones? You can respond and say, ah, let me tell you about those stones. Those stones represent a God, a God who worked powerfully in our lives, in my life. Let me ask you a question. What are the memorial stones in your life? Have you been keeping track of them? Have you been jotting them down? You may be able to recall one or two. You may be able to remember your conversion story. Yes. Are you longing them? Are you keeping them in mind? So that when you see the storm coming or when you're in the storm, you can go back to those stones and remember, hey, this is how God has led. This is what God has done. This is who God says he is. Let me just give you some practical ways of doing this. Maybe you just need to sit down at the computer and start logging these events that have happened in your life. Maybe get a three by five card and and jot them down and say, you know what, On, on October 21, 2001, God blessed me tremendously. So that when you are in a storm, when you are facing a storm, you can go back to that little box. You know, we keep recipe boxes, don't we? Well, maybe you can go to this one box and you can start reading the ways that God has blessed you. You can see the way that God has led in your life. There are many ways of of creating memorial stones for yourself, your personal walk with God. And most importantly, also for your family. So that your family, so that your children and your children's children can see how God has led in your family. There are many ways and you can be so creative with this. How many collectors out there? How many like to collect things or, or you have a hobby that, that requires collecting something? Maybe you collect uh, 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 Legos. Where's Herbie? There he is. Maybe you collect uh, uh, matchbox cars. I don't know. Maybe you collect uh, G.I. Joe figurines. I don't know. But maybe you need to go out and say, when God has done something powerfully in your life, maybe you need to go out there and buy a car, buy that matchbox Corvette and say, I am buying this because of what God has done in my life. I am buying this because I was without work for two months, but God led me to the right place and now I have a wonderful work. And and you sit that car on the mantle and every time you remember, every time you look at that car, you can remember what God did in your life. Or whenever anyone asks, wow, that's a beautiful collection you have. Oh man, I love this one car. You can say, let me tell you about that car. That car represents this in my life. We need to start keeping track of what God has done in our lives. We need to somehow be able to remember who God is and what he has done for us. Because, you see, I hate to break it to you, but the storm's coming. Until God finally brings an end to sin, until he stands and says, enough's enough, we will go through storms. 
I hate to break it to you. But it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not Christian. It doesn't matter if you go to church or don't go to church or a return tithe or not. We will experience storms in our lives. And here's the deal. When you are facing these storms or when you're going through these storms, it is imperative that we're able to look back and remember what God has done in our lives. It's important for us to be able to look back and see how God has led in our lives. It is important for us to recognize who God is, who he says he is. Now, see, I know that I have perhaps uncovered a problem here. Perhaps you are a new believer. Perhaps you've only been a Christian just a few years. Or, or perhaps you've been a Christian for 20 years, but you really haven't had that relationship with him. You know, you haven't been surrendering your life to him daily. So you don't have a past or you don't have a reservoir to dip into You know, maybe you haven't been able, you haven't been living your life in such a way that recognizes the way that God has led in your life. And so you might say to yourself, well, how how am I going to remember what God has done in my life? Or how am I going to remember who he says he is if I don't have that background? Well, if you're in that situation here today, let me just encourage you to go to scripture. Base that past on scripture. See what God has done in the lives of the men and women of the word that are, that are recorded right here. And it may not be your experience, but take these experiences as your experience. And if you're facing a challenge, if you're facing a mountain, if you're living through a storm right now and you're having a hard time receiving that peace that surpasses all understanding, go to scripture. Read the way in which God has led in the lives of the men and women recorded in this book. Perhaps you can look at a loved one. Perhaps you can look at a family member or a friend. Perhaps you can say, you know, God did it for him. God did it for her. He can do it for me. And you can start to, you can begin to experience that peace. But this is what will happen. As you enter into that relationship with him, as you surrender your life to him daily, and as you obey him day by day, your history with God will grow. And you will begin to identify in your life the times in which God has moved in your life. You will begin to recognize the way that God is leading in your life. You will begin to see how God is moving in your life. You will begin to recognize in this relationship with him, in this surrendering, in this obedience, you will begin to see who God is. And by seeing and remembering what he has done and remembering who he is, you will find peace for the storm. One of my favorite, one of my favorite authors says this. We have nothing to fear for the future except as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us. We have nothing to fear for the future unless we forget the way that he has led us in the past. Therefore, if you want to experience peace, if you want to experience peace 
with the approaching storms or the storms that you're going through right now, if you want to experience peace, remember, remember, remember what God has done. Remember who he is. And I will tell you that for me personally, there is no better place to go than to the cross and witness and see for yourself what Jesus Christ has done for you. What Jesus Christ has promised to you through the cross. And when you spend time at the foot of the cross with Jesus, studying and recognizing and experiencing for yourself the tremendous sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf, you will experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter what challenges are on the horizon. You will face them with peace. You will be able to say, you know, I serve a God that will never leave me nor forsake me. Therefore, I have nothing to fear. This God that I serve is a God who died on the cross for me. So that I can live for the, for the rest of eternity. And this same God who died for me is the same God who's with me right now. Step by step going through this storm. And when you take time to remember what Jesus has done for us. When you take that time to remember who Jesus is. You will experience peace. You will experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. They are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can feel free to learn more about them at frederickSDAchurch.org. For more podcasts, you can click on Sermon Audio. 